welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I'm Carrie Lucas. We are a podcast dedicated to mom templating all those things that spark controversy, create parenting challenges, and generally make me go, what the fuck, or make me sad. That's what we're talking about today. Okay. So today on the podcast, we are going to review uh, stress around school, college drop-off, my first attempt. We're going to do a couple of uh, mom shares and see where that takes us. So to begin, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Big day yesterday. Well, I just have to say, because, you know, nobody can see us, but you look lovely. Oh. But everybody looks a little stunned in the house. I got to say, your eyes look a little different than usual. It's just not the same feeling. I just want to say, like anything else in life, you can't explain certain things to people. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Like, I can't explain the feeling you could have when you bring your baby home for the first time. Unless you go through it. It's just... It, the love you feel, the scaredness you feel, all of those things can't be explained until you actually go through something. Mm-hmm. And as much as I remember your phone call when you dropped Maddie off, I've talked to my friends when they've dropped their kids off to college, I've empathized and I can feel it. There's nothing to describe that feeling yeah. of walking away yes. from your kid. You're going to get me for clumped thinking as, about it. Yes. It's awful. It's awful. And the thing is, it's such a great... It's not great. No, the, no. The bottom. here's the bottom line, is, like, the growth, even if, like, school doesn't work out or they go somewhere else, like, even if they don't have your typical four-year, you know, whatever, experience, the growth that takes place in kids when they go to college is, like, immeasurable. And it's so hard to... Um, contain your own fears and emotions when all that is happening especially when they're not happy or or you imagine them to not be happy right it's sort of like what you're saying you can't explain to people i can't explain to you how you're going to feel four years from now when you look at this person and go i am so fucking proud of you like i can't believe you did that that is also an unexplainable feeling. Right. And I know it's very typical. Like, lots of kids go to college, and what it's just like, well, for a I parent... W- I wanted to talk about a little bit, like, I'm sure everybody has this feeling, but it feels like most people are walking around just completely fine. And yeah. I could barely speak. I You're think- so funny. I always say this, this is unrelated to this, but <laughs> the day Princess Diana died. Yes. Weird. Okay. I had that feeling, like, and and oh, by the way, her anniversary was yesterday, I so know. it is relevant. Her her death, the anniversary of her death, was yesterday. But I remember having that feeling, looking around at everybody, like, don't you know, Princess Diana? What the fuck is wrong with all you people? Like, you're shopping, you're going. Are we recording? No, we're recording. Keep going. Shopping going on with your life, like as if nothing's happened. Like, whereas, like yesterday, you've had this like life altering experience. And you're looking around at everybody like, wait, how how is everybody's life existing as normal? Well, that's true. But also, I think a lot of parents have sent their, like, a lot of kids go away to camp. They do all yeah, these yeah. experiences away from their mm-hmm. parents, good or bad. Bart and I were not those parents. Mm-hmm. So we have this odd situation where our kids are with us a lot. And... First and Bard and Henry are tight, so mm-hmm. having their their buddies all the time, yeah. and it, and I think that piece of it also plays into 
we didn't do a good job preparing both of us, both right. our kid and ourselves for this kind of inevitability. And it's just, it's going to take some getting used to. And I, the pit in my stomach is just awful. Unbelievable. It's awful. I'm sure he's going to be fine and all, all of that. And he's got friends at school. And, you know, you walk into that dorm room and it's Emmy and Nico were both there with mm-hmm. me, which we were like, is this a good thing? His girlfriend's coming. Right. And thank God she was there. First of all, she's been through it. Mm-hmm. So she had, she added a little kind of light which mm-hmm. was I thought it was going to be sad but she was like let's do it this way or fix the things up yep. and it, it helped but I was just on a mission to get the dorm room fixed up yeah and get him yeah, settled I, in I I just feel like I I sent you a text yesterday like the answer of the day is whatever you want like I just remember those couple of days she could have asked me for like the Eiffel Tower or something. And I'd be like, okay, yep. Andon's jogging down the street to get it. Like, it's literally anything. I mean, he jogged a mile and a half in 100-degree heat to get a cable. Like, came back (laughs) dripping. I mean, that is not normal Andon behavior. You know what I mean? It's like you would do anything in that moment to make it as smooth of a transition as possible. The other thing I was thinking about as well is when we went to school... I don't even think we had a phone in our dorm. Did I talk about this last week? I think that we had to go to the hallway to make a phone call. Yes. And luckily, we have this level of communication. Mm-hmm. None of them even really had TVs. They're like, have their laptops. They can watch whatever they want. And they can FaceTime or call us yep. whenever we Which need. is a great, like, it's great. And then you wonder, like, are they losing out on connection from the people that are... When you went to school... You have no choice but to figure out a way to make this work. Sure. Like, you have no connection to home. These are the only people you can talk to. Right. You know, and I love that they have FaceTime and all that going on now. Like, I feel like it keeps us more connected and everything. But also, at the same time, it's also sort of a way to, like, escape. Like, I can go to my classes. Right. And then I'll just go back and FaceTime. And I'm making well, a I- human connection that way. So there's good and bad I'm to that. I'm sure. I'm sure some kids get sucked into it and u- utilize it as a crutch. And others... I mean, Henry's not a social media kid. Mm-hmm. And he barely FaceTimes anyways. But I think that the fact that he knows he has it mm-hmm. for him is more of a comfort than a distraction. I and hope. sometimes they just want to, like... See their house. Yeah. See their dog. You know what I mean? Right. Like See that. Their animals. That five minutes of like, show me the dog and what's right. everybody doing is enough to like get them through to the next day. The day before we left, or two days before we left, we were all out watching our friend JJ perform in a band. Well, shout out to JJ and all of those guys. And you told a funny story. I don't know if you told a funny story then about your brother in law, Jimmy, and. Oh, yeah. His daughter, his firstborn going off yes. to college. This yeah, weekend. my like, brother-in-law just... And she only went 20 minutes from home. It was not that traumatic. It was traumatic for them. Yes. But he kept showing up with, like, things she had, quote-unquote, forgotten. that she <laughs> might, And finally she had to be like, Dad, I don't need these things. And he was like, animal. I, I need to do this. Like, that was his process of i was thinking about that like you dropped him off yesterday and it's a long weekend this weekend i'm thinking oh we're gonna go it's, take him it's out a trip yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no reason we can't well grace wasn't able to come with us right to drop him off because she was at school and i'm like you know what let's bring her down yeah we'll take him out to dinner and here's the thing that i didn't 
when, when I got home last night, I think I didn't spend enough time there with him. Like we packed him in, we settled him in, and then we left. And I'm like, Why? like you didn't walk to the calf or well, the we gym. Kind of did or, walk yeah. around, and then he had like an orientation thing to go mm-hmm. to, and so we left. When I got home, I was like, "Why didn't we wait for him to do the orientation and go back to his room and like make sure he knew where?" I think it was. just makes it worse. Well, I don't know, but, but people who come from out of state or they have to stay overnight, you have yes. that extra kind of night, right? And we didn't do that, so I was like, "All right, we'll go take him out to dinner, yeah. and yeah. then and then we'll see how it goes." But yeah, it's a really hard. And he, he, I, I was watching something and reading something about like things to do or not do and and the reality is your kids do feed off everything that you're feeling Mm -hmm. and you're an adult so the added pressure for them to not freak out because they don't want to see they don't want you You to to freak out right i think that was what was going on because we could see in henry like just so my husband and i were actually talking about this last night because your husband is um a weirdo a lovable psycho (laughs) was i said as much as i hated like the kids sharing their feelings with me about oh i'm so homesick or i hate that and as much as it like ripped me apart they need to get that out so that they can go on because guess what she'd hang up the phone and go have a great time 10 minutes later out somewhere whatever but they need to unload that and i was saying i hope henry is like capable able enough to say i had a really bad day today or i'm homesick without your husband jumping in the car and driving up to get him (laughs) to take him back home and say we don't need to do this anymore you know the majority of the day yesterday bart was like okay you want to come back with us like just come back with us yeah and i don't know honestly i don't know if henry would feel okay to do that but I think at this point, he's he's adjusting. I mean, he's yeah. got buddies there. He'll be he'll be. Did fine. you talk to him last night? We did. We talked to him last night, and he was going out. So okay, you know, he wasn't sitting in his room. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. It's just a weird feeling. I can't explain it. It's just a weird empty pit in your stomach mm-hmm. to think that's you know that's kind of it and. You can't mentally go long term here. Like I see you going, you know, that's it, and blah, blah, no, blah. no, I get it, I get you, it. I mean, you just right. You think of it. You like can't piece by piece. go big picture and go, oh my god, he may never live in this house again, or he may, you know what I mean. You can't go to all those Things, places right. right now. Grace is in high is entering into high school, which LAS is a big campus too. Like she's mm-hmm. got to navigate that world, and it's they're big transitions. Mm-hmm. Everything right now for us is a pretty significant transition mm-hmm. and we just have to hold on it's uh, i'll right? just say this for myself like for you maddie's my oldest freshman year in college was actually a good year for me because i had to like i worked every day right started to meditate went to exercise class like keeping myself busy well, you better tell my husband that because he needs to keep himself yeah busy. i was like i gotta keep busy every minute of the day because my idle time was not mentally good right well listen i don't know what i would do if there was crying involved so um you know like i know you yeah. had it with girls it's oh different. i know what your husband would do if there was crying involved <laughs> Well, Henry Bart we, would you, he would be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what would be happening. That's true. All right. Well, we we can move off of the back to school drop off piece. Just you know, hang on. It's a bumpy ride. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. And you know what? Too is so annoying. Like, 
I remember when we came home, we ran into somebody like at, at that we knew at dinner and she was like, oh, yeah, it's a roller coaster and every phone call is. Di-. And she had this very like cavalier attitude about it. And I remember being like, yeah, no, you don't have any idea what I'm going through right now. And now I realize, oh, she had every idea what maybe, I was going but, through. Yeah, maybe, maybe she did. But I do think that some parents are just better or they just find it easier to move on with things yeah. than other parents. And I, good or bad, I'm not judging one way or another. I'm, some parents just have an, an, you know, an ability to like say, yeah, you're going away for 10 weeks this summer and it's good yeah. for you and it is good for them. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I don't have that. I right. just, beyond, I just don't have right. that. So that's the way it goes around here. All right. Let's... Well, my brother-in-law who was delivering things to college has said that kids that go to camp, parents don't really love them. Oh. (laughs) I went to camp, so I took it personally, but that is his motto. And I know that's not true, everybody. Of course it's not true. But that was his philosophy. If you go to summer camp, your parents don't love you. I gotta just say to my neighbors out there who listen, I apologize for the construction. Let me just... Get that out there. It has been a madhouse this week. Your neighbors around my your neighbors house. Not, around okay. My house, not around the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now they're jackhammering. Mm-hmm. We decided to do a second project only because we want to get it all done. And I'm just going out there to say we apologize. We know it's inconvenient and we know it's bothering everybody. It's bothering us, but we mm-hmm. just are trying to get through it. Let's just recap a little bit about Olivia Wilde. Because there's okay. been a lot. Oh, there's been a lot. We spoke last mm-hmm. about her, mm-hmm. and she's crazy. I'm just going. It's out there not to looking say, good. It's not looking good for Olivia. I don't know if you read the stuff about Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Yep. And here's the thing: Shia LaBeouf is fucking nuts himself. Right. And he's come. Well, out- so people probably don't know, but Shia she claims okay. that she let Shia LaBeouf go. From the production. And Shia LaBeouf is saying, she didn't let me go. She begged me to stay. And I quit because I wasn't getting enough rehearsal, rehearsal time. time. I didn't feel it was professional enough of a project. All of that. And and he has Text the, messages. Yeah, the receipts to back that up. He wasn't even trying to be mean to Olivia. He's just like, don't throw me under the right, bus. Right. Don't this, drag me into your mess. In yeah. this situation, I'm trying to keep my redemption arc moving in the mm-hmm. right direction. So... I got to come clean. I I wasn't dro- I wasn't fired from mm-hmm. this project. It's pretty damning on her. Like and and on the flip side of that, she's um sort of talking shit about the female co-star with Shia saying, "Oh yeah, she's not professional enough for you." Type thing. We'll talk to her, and she's saying, "I had a problem working with a sexual predator, and you didn't protect me." Like so, it's all this. It's a mess. lot of drama. And I was thinking originally, oh, they're just using this drama to stir up publicity for pu- the yeah, movie. For and- the movie Don't Worry Darling. And then Chris Pine came out and said how extraordinary Florence Pugh, who's the lead actor, mm-hmm. is and how professional and amazing and really didn't have any issues with her on set. And is he in the movie? Chris, Chris Pine, Pine okay. is like the bad, bad guy, yeah. I guess, in the movie. So I'm just amazed. I understand. So, in the other controversy or, or talk that was happening was people are saying now that her and Harry were really unprofessional on set, missing cue calls, 
like abandoning the set once in a while. Like you're in love for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention to everybody else. Well, I hope this isn't the first time she's been in love. No, she has no, two children. Of course. But like it's a first time thing. Yeah, yeah. You're like. Like uh, which Kardashian and the Travis Barker guy when they were like. Ugh, yeah. Making out. On yeah, it. yeah. You know, you just do things that are maybe not in your normal behavior and don't think about the consequences. And I feel like. I'm sure Olivia Wilde's not a bad person, but she's she's got to pull it together because she looks bad in this situation. And I love that her um, ex-husband has said nothing throughout the whole thing. I know. Nothing. He hasn't made a peep about the custody, about the movie, nothing. Well, they are not Which, ex-husbands. You're talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's talking about her love, Jason Sudeikis, yes. and he's just kept silent. Yes, so. Well, why would he say anything about this? Right. He he shouldn't, so. But she's trying to make him look awful and vindictive by the whole custody papers thing where he hasn't said a word. True. All right, let's move on from Olivia Wilde. Brittany, I just got to... Oh, the so, hair? What what are we on now? The hair, the mother, what's happening? The mother. Oh, yes. I just want to say about Brittany, listen, we were right. She was being held captive mm-hmm. her one of the bodyguards came out have you heard that who basically said i don't care about the nda yes i am letting you all know that when i was like why do i have to guard her hotel room and they were saying to me because she'll run she'll run away yes she'll run away because she's being held against her will mm-hmm. to perform on stage mm-hmm. in las vegas and he was like this is the most bizarre situation. For years that went on. And I think we all need to consider this. I think everybody is really supporting her. But I think you have to consider this like, yeah, she's acting weird right now. Yes. And that's okay. Exactly. That's exactly what I want to say. Like, if- And, oh, by the way, she could have been very mentally unstable all these years, too. And that's okay, too. Yes. I mean, Elizabeth Taylor was probably very bipolar and unstable like yeah that's okay but right the conservatorship was icing on the cake to make her even more of a freak as far yeah as that's and more paranoid and yeah. more unstable and two i think the idea of like um why 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 franny um i think the the real most painful thing is that her kids and even now with um kevin federline releasing those um audio pieces her kids were really used as a pawn against her like you have to do these things or you can't see your kids right and that's a relationship she can't repair ever like that's gone no they're gonna need serious therapy to understand how much she actually did love them but they were right forced to think one way about their mom. Right, and now they're probably scared of her and think she's a weirdo and everything else. I mean... Yeah, it's it's tragic. She's a tragic situation. All right. I thought you were talking about the mermaid hair. Did you see the latest picture? No, I didn't. I think I cannot watch a lot of what she does because... Unsettling. It's unsettling to (laughs) me, and I just... Then it kind of makes me want to put her in in my house. Yeah. Like, let's let's just... Well, now you're going to put her in a conservative Yeah, I'm just like, okay, let's talk... She needs to let her freak flag fly and do what she wants to do to feel in control of mm-hmm. something because she hasn't been in control. I right. just, I can't watch that. Yeah. I just want to review a little bit of the loan for forgiveness thing that we spoke oh, no. about. <laughs> okay. We got a little 
not just from our friend Jen who chimed in about feedback. I did get a few other emails regarding our take on the loan forgiveness piece. Okay, Franny. Smelling me. He's just an, he just can't seem to settle around you. So regarding the loan forgiveness situation, I want to review my take on it. I just want to say we should, as a country, not try to band-aid this situation. I get that we need to do that, and maybe these people will take that money and try to invest in a car and a house and help the economy going. Fine. But all it's going to do is anger another side and create a political situation instead of working to fix the actual problem, making state schools available for everybody, making the loan process strict and and really regulated so that you can't be ripped off Mm -hmm. after you pay your loan or after like two years into your loan the interest rate spikes or whatever and so you can never get out of it right we are not fixing the problem and that's why i'm annoyed about the situation that's fair okay yes all right you're allowed to be annoyed with it even any regardless I i just feel as though it wasn't about not wanting to help people out that's not my take on things i just feel like handouts really don't fix anything that's all they just kind of anger another side who's not getting a handout and it just doesn't it doesn't fix what the problem is in the first place right i love the chicks in the office their their whole deal um okay my kids have started what uh listening to a different podcast girls like that are do- two girls their sisters do you know emmy do you know them one's kind of chubby one skinny oh they're on tiktok all the time yeah, um brianna and uh o'malley Brianna and O'Malley. And they're, yeah. I forget what the name of their podcast is. I what the name of their podcast is too, but I listen to them all It's the time. hilarious. Can you look it up for me, Amy? No, they they're might. hilarious. They're, uh, Brianna and... Brianna does a podcast with Josh Richards and Dave Portnoy. Okay. It's called BFFs. It's really, that one's really... So really she's, cool. they're under the same logo as the chicks in the office. I mean, they're under the same... Maybe. The, the heavy girl is a comedian, right, Emmy? Yes. Yeah, okay. They're from Boston. Oh, Interesting. So, anyways, you wanted to mention those guys because... Um, on the same lines as Chicks in the Office, like, it's just these two young girls, and they're hilarious. Yes. And, and one of the things that I really am liking about the Chicks in the Office, first of all, that one of them got in trouble for calling out Olivia Wilde, which I thought was great. Okay. But they're constantly talking about their relationship with their parents. Go ahead. It's called Plan Brie. Plan Brie. That's yeah. funny. So, um. that one, and then the other one is called... No, no, that's what she's saying. It's, I, I, right, but then she said she has another one called BFF. BFFs. No, no, that's just the girl. Like, it's a really, it's, like, it's a very popular podcast. Okay. And she does it with, I'm just saying, like, she does it with Dave Portnoy because it's under their production. Sure under Barstool. I'm Bar- Barstool sure. Sports. We got to get under Bar- Barstool Sports. Oh, please. We're two old farties. I know, but we have a different audience, maybe. I've been listening to, on the flip side of Chicks in the Office, it's probably the exact opposite. It's um, Two Bears, One Cave. What are you talking about? It's so funny. Two Bears in One Cave. Who are these? They're like, uh, I think they're comedians or whatever, um, but they're just these two guys that are talking about, like, they're married and they're kids and... Uh, it's just funny. I love it. Two I, bears, one cane. Yeah. All right. We're promoting other podcasts yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. So whatever. Go, go listen to a bunch of them. Okay, so back to Chicks in the Office. Yes. What I really like about them is the fact that they're constantly talking about their parents. And it made me think, 
in general, 18 to 24 year olds, Mm -hmm. what relationships they have with their parents Mm -hmm. at this point, because they're saying that number one, they are only going on vacation with their parents Mm -hmm. because their parents still pay for everything, still pay for everything, and they take them to the best places and. And, oh, by the way, they leave them alone to do what they want to do, but they still have the option to have dinner with their parents and hang out. And then the other thing they were talking about was it's important to them that they date people that they know will get along with their parents. So that they can come on vacation? Probably, and because they spend a lot of time with their parents. I thought that's interesting. It was never a concern for me growing up. Well, okay, you're talking about two entirely different things, like... We didn't go on vacations all that much. True. So it was entirely different. I appreciate that. But even so, like the relationships that I think 18 to 24 year olds have now with their parents. Yes, totally different. It's an interesting dynamic that the shift in just how we all parent, number one, and how our kids see that relationship is different. Listen, I and this is not true for everybody, of course, but I do feel like... um, Healthy family relationships are, like, much more bonded now than they used to be. Yeah, even if you grew up in a a healthy family, it was never the intent or the goal to all stay together. Like, I feel like it skipped a generation. So maybe your mom's generation and those people all lived together and spent time together and did all that. And then it sort of got, like, washed away in the 70s, 80s sort of type thing. Everybody was out for themselves so right. to speak and now everybody's back to that i agree with family that. unit thing and again. wanting to be like okay i don't want to go that far away from my family yeah like, why would i want that when they're my support system i like being yeah i them. have fun with them they're right. my friends yeah and we and i'm safe and comfortable mm-hmm. where right i think that in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, yeah, you you didn't, you moved down the street from your parents. Right, everybody stayed nearby. After you got married, you lived in their house for Mm -hmm. a little while and and kind of tried to save money. And I think that maybe it's because of the economy, who knows, but part of it is an interesting dynamic. And why did it skip that middle generation Well, why did, that's the question, why did our parents... Who were raised like that? But I think there's a there's a niche parents. There's that gen, some parents like my parents didn't necessarily raise us any differently. But we as Generation X definitely were raised in a mentality of get the fuck out of wherever you are and move on. Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, and I don't know why that is. I know I'm way behind, but I, me and Anton are on um, second season Stranger Things. Oh. And there is a knock on the door. The best. And it's Dustin, and he's looking for everybody because everybody's missing. And the dad's like, I don't have any idea. I don't think those people live here anymore. <laughs> like, it was, you know, Mike is, what, 12? And the sister is 16. And the dad is like, the mom is on the phone chatting. Right. Which is such a typical thing. Like, the phone would be busy for hours. hours. And, yeah, nobody knows where anybody is, and nor do they care. They did a good job at Stranger Things of really portraying. That time the, period. Yeah, those parent parenting at that stage. Yes. Why? Why? I don't know. I were they don't just know. so busy trying to make ends meet? I, I think about my parents. I mean, granted, I, I feel like I had a little bit of a different situation because my dad was sick and he passed away during my mm-hmm. teenage years, and maybe... I think I feel like my mom, who I love dearly, but just 
she didn't have any bandwidth to care where I was or what I was doing, really. And I can't... And not for I, lack of love. I don't just, think this is relevant to your situation necessarily, but I feel like it was almost like the first generation of surplus. So there was like this... Um, surplus of goods and surplus of money and almost like um, it was the beginning of keeping up with the Joneses or having your own thing going like there was no I mean you think about like 70s 80s 90s there was no like war shortage not right, nothing right, like that going right. on well there was a gas crisis at one point but and there was issues but, yeah. like, there was nothing, I don't know, I just feel like there was nothing, sort. everybody was sort of, like... Moving along in their lives. Yeah, and, and yes. it became really important and relevant to be financially successful, where I don't know that that was all that important to that generation of, like, our grandparents. Certainly people were wealthy, and, you know, you wanted to be comfortable and survive, but there was no need for that surplus of goods that sort of I feel like started to happen I agree and this could be for another podcast as well because I do think during that time frame we lost sight of values versus what we wanted to have in life so values weren't as respected as what kind of house and car mm -hmm. and college your kids had and went to whereas before our our grandparents it was your your reputation your honesty your credibility meant everything. everything that was the value of success if you were a good person that had good morals and values and worked hard to put your kids through college and i think we as this generation x all we all wanted was to get ahead and valued more of an mtv generation yeah. and now the reality tv generation of it doesn't matter what kind of fucking person you are, as long as you have the Mercedes or the Well, gold you feel change. like that's what's happening now. I do. Yes, I feel absolutely. Like, I feel like that's what's happened in the last 30 years. And now this 18 to 24 generation has kind of shift. I'm feeling mm -hmm. the shift with these kids and their desire to be like, no, it's more important for us to be close to our family mm -hmm. and to have good relationships and maybe go to college, maybe not go to college. One of the things that was important, and I think feel like there's an issue with college, which we just spoke about, but if I decided to go to college back in the day, it was I decided to go to the state school because it was cheaper. So I had to work it all summer, pay for it, work through school so that I didn't have to take out a loan. I feel like we are in a different mentality of keeping up with the Joneses where we need our kid to go to a fancy school. I don't care how much it's going to cost. We'll take out loans to send our yeah, kids to Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's sort of right. That's sort I mean, of I think it's all to... compounded on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. You know, I just find it interesting that this and we talked about this on a different podcast. This group of, I would even say 17 to, you know, 24-year-olds has a, a different outlook. And we we said, I wonder how they will end up parenting. Mm -hmm. But I, I do hope it goes back to an idea and a place of where our grandparents and great-grandparents focused of your core like values. Like a family and family. a community right. of people. And we take care of each other. Let's hope so, because yeah. America isn't looking great right America's now. America's not looking great. I'm going to, we're going to talk about something about that on the next podcast, because this lit, led into this other guy that I follow, and he's a black guy, but he was talking about the fact that black America, part of their communities, part of the things that's problem with black America is that you can't find a community that has the four essential 
institutions that a black community needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. A bank, a church, a school, and... I think it was a grocery store. A grocery store, Mm -hmm. right. Most black communities don't have those four things. They might have one, they might have two, but they don't have those four things. And in contrast to that, black America spends more on the Mercedes-Benz, drugs and alcohol, Mm -hmm. Air Jordans, than white America. Mm -hmm. So their focus is to keep up with the Joneses even more so than trying to can you know trying to get their communities mm-hmm. back into a good place, and I just feel like we as Americans need. Well, to I focus think on I think his point of the um, clip that you're talking about was to sort of make it visually apparent of how systemic racism actually works, and if we don't have those things in our community, we can't um, get out. You know, of this yeah, we can't build up and support black businesses and and improve our situation as it is right but i think the whole focus like i am just hopeful that the fact that america is in this place of trumpism etc and and just that's the ultimate of it i feel like the ultimate of this last 30 40 years of reality culture etc is trumpism and i hope that it, it, I hope that it's crushed at some point and that we can kind of come back around. But who knows? Doesn't It's not looking good it, sometimes. See, so just on the, on the Trump thing, I'm so sick of, like, I'm so annoyed. Like, I'm listening this morning to, um, you know, the documents and whatever the frig else he took, okay? And I go, what happened with January 6th? Like, are we having follow-up to that? Like, is anybody getting... No, they're coming back around to it. They they just took a break for the summer. But he's saying, Trump is saying that if he gets reelected, he's going he's to pardon, pardon all those people. Paul- but isn't that just admitting that I, I wanted them to do this yes. and I'm supporting them? Yeah, he thinks that those followers are going to overwhelm... The, like, if he, if he makes those people happy, they'll but come out But if he's saying that... Can't we just prosecute him for actually contributing to the overthrow of the government? Uh, uh, uh. Because he's admitting he wanted this to happen. He's supporting those people. I'm just, I'm I just. Like, I wish we went to law school, Carrie, because we don't I'm so annoyed know the law. by all of yeah. it. And then I keep seeing all these things that are like, oh, the this these documents, this is it. Mm, I don't think it is. No. I, I don't think it is. I, listen, I know this is a really mean thing to say. I'm just waiting for him to die. Me too. I wish you like would. I keep looking at him like, aren't you ready? Like, just, <laughs> the problem is there's others behind him. There's Nate. others behind him, but I don't. I think that he's been built into such a cult figure. I don't think the others can get away with I the same not. things he can. Let's hope not. Right, well, speaking of p- politics, I want to talk about one show that Bart and I just finished. It's really depressing, but fascinating. It's called The Looming Tower on Hulu. Have you heard anything about it? No. Okay. The Looming Tower sets, it starts in 1998, and it's a series based on a book about the CIA and the FBI and their lack of communication in the two years before 9-11. And I, it's it's brutal. I just want to say it's brutal. But what is so fascinating to me is how office politics and the desire to get ahead in your job Mm -hmm. overwhelmed these two organizations to the fact that they wouldn't share information Mm -hmm. about terrorists that they knew. Well, I think that's exactly what's happening right now. I'm concerned about that as well. Like, it's it's all about getting ahead and keeping your job and and forget 
America, America or espionage or being a traitor. It's all about. But the series really shows you the two sides and why they were doing what they were doing. And then the aftermath of them letting this basically happen to America, mm. them, their their failure in leadership and communication to protect American citizens. It's it's fascinating. I recommend and it. And then also along along the same thing, I'm fascinated with how much stuff they actually know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I mean, you're talking about how they didn't um, do enough and communicate. And I'm always amazed, like, how do they well, know? That, how do they find the fact that things out? Who wants to do this kind of thing for a living? Who wants to know what is going on in you know, Al-Qaeda and all these other places. Like, it's just, so depressing. How do you go to sleep at I night don't know. knowing that these people came into America and they're going to flight school and their whole desire is to fly the planes and not learn how to land yeah. the planes. Like, they knew all of that 17 months before. But the CIA wasn't sharing the names with the FBI. It's fascinating and it's depressing. Okay, but I'll watch that. And the most ironic piece about it, it follows two different guys, John O'Neill from the FBI and several other people, but... John O'Neill from the FBI gets fired. And this isn't spoiling it because everybody, if mm-hmm. you know anything about the 9-11, John O'Neill gets fired from the FBI a month before the September attacks. And he goes to take a security, a head of security position in Tower One and is killed in the towers. And you're like, you spent 25 years trying to convince the, the CIA and the government that this was going to happen. And you get killed in that attack. It's the irony and brutality of it is just, it's like you can't write this stuff. It's yeah. truth. The truth is crazy. I was sucked in and amazed. Okay, I'll put it on my list. Yeah, put it on your list. It's important. Okay, the podcast that I like, in case anybody wants to listen, is called The Morning Toast. Oh, I know that. I know that podcast. Okay. I've heard it. The Morning Toast. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. Start of the school year. Carrie and I will hope to be more regular for you guys. So we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye, Wilkie. Bye. Bye.